With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Raptors. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome in one of the pillars of this organization. Everybody forgets that part. Oh, good one, good one. Don't go there, not yet. What will we talk about in our podcast? You haven't told him? Like he had just come off the battlefield I know what a dream it is to work with him, so it must have been a dream to coach him. Always gonna bleed green, baby. Welcome to View from the Raptors. Behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by Cardless. Here are your hosts, Mark D'Amico and Abby Chin. All right, welcome into the latest podcast episode. View from the Raptors behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. I'm Mark D'Amico with my co-host, Abby Chin. Uh, and we are so excited for this episode today. We got to sit down with not one, not two, but three members of the Boston Celtics, all to discuss one of those three members. And that man is, he has been referred to as the OG. He's been referred to as Mr. Reliable. And he's been referred to as the godfather. Most of you probably know exactly who we're talking about. That is the man, the myth, the legend, Al Horford. Uh, but, Abby, we... It's like we're building him up oh, a lot. We, oh, we are. But he's been built up for his he's entire 15-year career at this point, right? A big part of this team. And that's why, that's why we wanted to, to bring him in uh, to have this conversation and to start out with two guys and Rob Williams and Grant Williams, who Al Horford has made a significant impact on um, during their young careers. Abby, what stood out to you... Um, during the conversation that everyone's about to hear with Alan, or excuse me, with Rob and Grant about the way that Al has kind of influenced their young career so far. My biggest question for both of them is, was, what was your first memory of Al? And it was so interesting to me to hear Rob say, it was just coming into this building, Rob, who, as you will mention, did not have the most did not necessarily get off on the right foot, I would say, uh, in his NBA career, missing a flight. Let's and, say he you know. earned the Time Lord nickname. Right. And we exactly. do talk about that. So, everyone, that will come up. We will talk to Rob about that. But 
the moment he stepped in this building and saw Al Horford, the way he worked, the efficiency with which he worked, but what also, what a true professional in this league looks like and just the impact that that had on him from day one. I think we cannot underscore how important that has been to Rob's development and to the player that we're seeing today and, and just the leaps that he has made this season. And also to hear Grant, who wasn't here, who didn't have Al as a vet, in his rookie season, but now in year three, you see the leaps that he's made and you hear the way he talks about Al and the influence that Al has had on him. I, I think that it's unmistakable just how big of a presence Al has had. While he may not be the most vocal leader, he's certainly someone that these young guys look up to. Yeah, and it's no coincidence, speaking of Grant, that Grant Williams is having the best year of his career while Al Horford is there playing alongside him and practicing alongside him and showing him the ropes of what it means to be a professional each and every day. Uh, but we talked to these two guys, and then we bring in Al, uh, Al himself, to hear his, his viewpoint on leadership in the NBA and his viewpoint on um, his leadership within this organization in two different stints now. Yeah. It was really interesting to me um, to hear how that developed, like how he developed his leadership skills, which, as these guys say later on, it's, it's really more of what he does and not necessarily what he says but how that's differed a little bit during this second go around with the Celtics and that he's actually talking a little bit more and he references a specific reason why that's the case. And it actually goes back to last season with Oklahoma city thunder. I also was really curious about the dynamics of leadership inside an NBA locker room. I feel like something that we all talk so much about, and it's especially highlighted when there is a void in leadership. So just to get Al's views and, and what he thinks a good leader is and what makes someone have the respect and the platform to be that inside an NBA locker room to me was really interesting. And to just hear about the dynamics within a team and, and what it takes to really be able to step up and be that guy. And the Celtics, it's interesting. Um, it's funny, Mark. Coming into the season, remember, head coach Emi Odoka had plans of naming a captain. Yeah. And then he got in here and realized, you know, there are leaders in this group, many of them. And, and that's something that came out in our conversation with Al is just how that works on this team and why it works. And why it's so important. Right. And, and, and I think that's, that's what you're going to learn here during the first part of our, our conversation here with Rob and Grant is just how important it is to have vets on the team who set the example for the young guys. Um, so without further ado, let's, uh, let's stop holding it back. We're going to let you dive in right now. Rob Williams and Grant Williams open up the conversation talking about Al Horford's influence on them, and then we'll transition right into the conversation with the man himself, Al Horford. Hope you all enjoy. Enjoy. All right, we got the Williams brothers, Williams and Williams, Rob Williams, Grant Williams sitting here with us. We're going to talk about Al Horford today. But first and foremost, I want to ask you guys just about veteran leadership, uh, impact. Uh, when you think about vets that come on to your teams and play with you guys, what is it that stands out of guys that actually have an impact on you individually? Feel free, either one of you, to jump in if you got an answer right off the top. Well, I'll go. Um... Uh, I say uh, with Joe Johnson, I know we recently had Joe Johnson or whatever. Um, one thing I picked up from him is just uh, the fight. You know, um, no matter if we were down 20 or 30, every time we came to the bench, it was uh, the fight. You know, uh, one time coach subbed me out to get a breather. And he looked down, he was like, let me know when, you, when you're when ready. 
Joe Johnson yelled out, like, he ain't tired, you know, like, get him back in. So I feel like uh, I kept that from him the most. Great. Definitely for me, I feel like over the past few years, we've had a lot of great vets. Um, we've had Kemba um, and this year, especially Al. Al's been a big focal point of this team, and he's done a great job of, he might not be the most talkative guy in the world, but he's very much so of do as I do. He's Thanks. probably one of the most Thanks. consistent guys we have in the building. Um, just in terms of his routine, in terms of how he approaches the day. But also on the court, you know he always has your back and he's reliable. Um, one of our best switchers, one of our best rim protectors with Rob. Like, so um, he's one of those guys we look to for not only advice if we need if we need him to talk, but also for his uh, ability because he's able to come in and not only um, have our backs on the court, but he definitely has our backs off. When you talk about advice, how often do you go and do that? Like how often do you just sit down with Al Horford and just like talk about life or, or get advice from him, either from on the court or off the court. I've asked him about um, times of past years, like mm -hmm. when he was with the Hawks, when he was with other teams, to see the difference between, between the teams then versus now, uh, where we can improve um, as our consistency, because those were those Hawks teams. Like you look back and they were winning 60 games three years in a row. And that's something that we, we envisioned ourselves doing. And also just asking him about the life outside of basketball, because as important as it is on the court to, to get better and to improve, um, you can watch him what he does. But off the court, it's important to take care of your mental health, take care of your um, ability to not only foster relationships, but also just to establish your mark in the league in different ways. Grant, you actually met Al, right, when he was with the Hawks? Can yeah, my, my cousin. So my cousin, Salim Stoudemire, played with Al. Al's rookie year was my cousin's, I believe, third year in the league with Mike Wilson and that crew. So um, that was right before Budenholzer got there. And so I remember meeting now, like, eight years old, him, Marvin Williams, Josh Smith, Joe. So, like, all those crazy. guys to be – Yeah, right. <laughs> all those guys to be able to say that I technically played with Joe Johnson and Al Horford, that's kind of weird to me yeah, because like, <laughs> that crazy. just shows either how old they are or how um, how quickly um, we've grown up. We've grown up yeah. you know? It's starting to get how old you guys are. Right. right? Don't, don't just push that off. Listen. Don't go there. Not yet. Hey, listen. When you have two no. kids, you're already yep. 40. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there, You probably feel five years older than you are with two kids now, right? Facts. Facts, <laughs> boy. Even speaking of my kids, uh, when I first came back uh, from missing the games, Al did a great job of just uh, coming up to me, you know, giving me advice, um, Telling me make sure I help my girl, make sure she get the proper rest, you know, because play a big part mentally. So just going off of what Grant said, I feel like he can help you uh, as much as he can on the court, off the court too, for sure. Rob, what is your first memory of Al? Because you came in as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, it was oh, a little yeah. rough in the beginning. Was he around in the summer when you were here? Yeah. Hold on, before you answer, we we got to go over it, right? Just so everyone knows, right? Like. You missed the, the presser at first, then you missed the flight in the first practice. Yeah. Then we you get. To, we didn't have to go. Well, over no. That. We I know all that. One context, and then yeah. you get to Boston, and like it was like you really started to figure things out, and you changed a little bit. And I, Al Horford had to have been a part of that on some level. Yeah, he uh, well, kind of uh, answering both of y'all questions at the same time. Um, Al showed me the professional side of it. You know, uh. He came in every day, same workout, exact same time. You know, he had the same routine. Like Grant said, Al may not be the one that's yelling on the court, like, hey, get get here, you know, do this. But if you just watch him, you know what I'm saying, just watch him. Watch everything you do. I just watch him. 
And it wasn't that I wanted to do the workout he was doing, you know, lift the weights that he was lifting. I was just watching the consistency that he had every single day still to this day, you know, just watching it. So I feel like as far as growing up in that aspect, you know, he helped me a lot just watching him. I don't even know if he knows that I was, you know, watching him. Like You haven't that, told him? I mean, I've told him, but I don't think he, he understood the severity of it, you know, so. What about that first memory, though, that Abby was asking about? Like, what, what um, is the first memory you associate with him? Uh, like the last answer, I was just watching him. Uh, he don't talk much, you know, other than like a <laughs> hey or what's up. But just watching him work out and the stuff he was doing every day, I was like, okay. If this is our starting center and he this serious, I got to, you know what I'm saying? I got to match his intensity. So, uh, like I said, I don't even know if he knew that I was watching him like that, that tough, you know, but he, he definitely helped me with the professional side of it. He comes in early, right? He like gets yeah. it in, gets it done. Yeah, for sure. for sure. For sure. Um, what, and Grant, you talked about this a little bit, the balance that he has too. How do you learn from that? And what do you take from that experience? Um, I would just say, we, I call Al Mr. Reliable. And I, I say that for on the court stuff, but I also say that for uh, our mentality. So uh, obviously we, we're not having our greatest year, you know, uh, and we go through times when we, when we, you know, we argue and we drop our heads, but Al is always there telling us, you know, it can get better, you know, it can get greater. You know, even when we down 30 points and all us sitting on the bench with our heads down, you know, he'll just come up. It's not fired up yelling, you know, it's just like, listen, we know what we're doing wrong, you know what I'm saying? Let's move on to the next one. So even that that little advice, like we said, he don't speak much at all, but that little advice is like, okay, this is a vet. You know what I'm saying? He he been here millions of times, you know what I'm saying? He know he know exactly what's going on. So you gotta you gotta listen to him. You call him Mr. Reliable. Have you guys heard that Billy Donovan back when he was at Florida, he nicknamed him the Godfather when he was like eighteen? No, nah, <laughs> I never, I never heard of that. What do you think of that nickname? That fits Al. Oh no! It fits Al. Does Al have that little little dark side to him? <laughs> That's say, the thing, though. I think though. it was because he was like he was so quiet that when he spoke, you listen. Yeah, that, that type of thing. That's got the it. thing. Yeah, like I think he got it. I've seen him get mad a couple times. Have so he ever gotten mad and just straight up yelled at you guys? Um, he'll tell us you? like, "Come on, get it together." But uh, I feel like I only see him yell at the ref. <laughs> And it's not really a yeah, it's like a pants yeah, like a come on now, like it's not really. Let's not do that. Let's yeah, not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that tonight. Like, what's, what's the most? I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> what's the most like lively you've seen him behind closed doors, like locker room situation? And Rob, you would probably know more just because you've been around him a little bit more often as a teammate. Yeah. But is, does he come into the locker room after a you know something unfolded on the court, and does he let everyone know what happened? Yeah, but it's it's more of like just addressing it than it is an uproar. Okay, you know, so like he's not kicking trash cans. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> but he gonna address the situation. You know, he he does a great job of like speaking up. You know, instead of just uh, letting whatever is going on just keep going on in the room, he does a great job of speaking up. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the the hype is I've seen him. Might be uh, who did we play the Bulls uh recently? And they they gave him like two BS calls, I think, 
a one call. It was a crazy call. And I think he scored like 10 points in a row, eight or 10 points in a row. You know, and like I said, he wasn't yelling or like verbally, you know what I'm saying? But I could see it in him. I could see like his eyes, his movement, you know, I could just see it in him. So Quiet yeah. fire. I always think of Al as like the, not a mediator, but a guy that uh, like encourages you to, to talk to one another. Yeah. Like allows, if it's healthy, and if it's not, he's like the one that shuts it all down. You know, yeah. it's like one of those, like a parent kind of where it's like, if you want to get something out off your chest, say it, but say it in the right way and everything like that. And let's, let's move forward from it and grow rather than just being stuck in the mud, repeat, repetitive, yeah. seeing the right thing. Say so, it and let it go. Say it and let it say go. It let's move let on. Yeah. Well, Grant, I want to ask you, because Rob came in as a rookie and had Al. And then there's a couple years where Al wasn't here and you started your career. What did you hear about Al? before he got here this year and you actually had him as a teammate? Yeah, uh, just that he was a very, like, consistent, very, like, to-the-point guy. Like, he was – like, I, I, I've heard stories about Al just because of my relationship with some of his coaches. I was coached by his um, associate head coach in college, Rob Lanier, who told me stories about Al and Joakim Noah versus me and Admiral. Like, he always compared me to Al and compared Admiral to Joakim. Like, just in terms of, I talk a lot more than yeah. Al. Yeah. So I was like, that's a tough comparison. <laughs> but um, in terms of, like, basketball play, in terms of how we approach his cerebral, like, he's very smart and seeing the game. So um, I feel like when I when I was coming to meet Al, Gordon, Kimba, all those guys who have known him in the past told me that, he, you're going to really love his presence and love him as a player because he plays the right way of basketball. Thanks. He makes everyone else around him better, and that's something that we can really say uh, he truly does. Another nickname for Al that you guys have coined this season, really, the OG. Yeah, How old OG. does he seem? Because he's he's older than you. I mean, he don't seem I was gonna say, that yeah. old, but he like you know he was my vet, you know, uh, one of my vets. He my OG and. uh he missed reliable. That's why. That's why I call him OG. You know, OG is reliable. They they care for you. They there for you. They they teach you the game the right way. You know, they teach you the right things to do. So, he's for sure one of the OGs. How old do you have to be to qualify as OG in the NBA? Shit, five years. Uh, that's it. I, I give it longer than that. Honestly, people it don't make it that long. That. Don't you think? Thirty years old. Because it's some. It's is some, Tatum an OG? Nah, J10, OG. To some, to some. It's some vets <laughs> that aren't some, OGs. Hey, though. think about it. When a rookie comes in, they're going to be like, they be watching JT for the past yeah. seven years. years he OG, yeah. I'll tell him when he's OG. <laughs> he, he almost uh, Grant, has Al given you any um, inside, I don't know. Tricks of the trade? Yes. Yeah, because your games, you touched on it right there. It's They're similar. Like, you have different body types, but the games are really similar. Yeah, I've, I, I don't know if he's told me them, but I've seen him do them. Ooh. So, like. Like what? Like, I don't know if I should say because they're, like, things you can get called fouls for. But, like, things that he does, like, guarding the post. Like, just seeing where he uses, like, where he uses his hands or, like, uses his little, like, bumps and stuff. Uh, the way he guards the ball sometimes. Like, you see, like, little things are, like, there's no way that should not be called. Maybe it's because he's a ten, like, whatever your vet. Oh, but then you try it and you don't get called for it. You're like, oh, people just don't see this. And so those are the things that I feel like I've learned from Al just, like, the – and parts of the game and also when to cut because when I was a rookie and sophomore I was just running around the court with chicken with head cut off like <laughs> hoping that the ball comes my way versus like seeing Al like when he cuts the timing of it like like when a person pops he slashes or when a person drives that's when he fills the gap rather than just going early like like so that's the things that I've kind of learned from him just in terms of spacing the floor as well as playing around your teammates and feeding off their their 
creation and making easy baskets for yourself. Last one I want to ask you guys, uh, we're getting toward the end of our time here, but how does Al as a leader like differ from other some some of the other vets that you played with? Because, I mean, I know when he comes out to talk to us it, in the media, like the, just his presence is different. He's always calm. He's never like mad. Yeah. It just seems like he always stays level. And he, that's got to be unique to him in some way, shape or form from some of the other guys you played with. I feel like yeah he he doesn't he definitely doesn't ride the highs or the lows like he's very much so like even that's, keel. That's great. That's great. He's very much so a person that like whenever times are rough he's he's there to make them right. Whenever times are good he's there to keep you humble so that it stays good. Like he's not ever gonna be the person that like is celebrating and actually you know we end up going on a twenty oh to twenty run like he's not that type of person. So um, that's what I'll say about Al and and in terms of difference between other teammates like we had a lot of great vests in, in terms of different responses like Kemba was a very much so like a great team building vet like he was trying to connect with everybody he was very communicative Gordon was very much so similar to Al like do as I do as I do like I might not say much but like I'm very much so like just here to to make things right and then you have the guys across the time like Tristan was very much so uh like a very competitive, like yeah, gonna uproar. gonna tell you when you're messing yeah. up, but also gonna gonna be have fun with you when you're having fun. So, uh, just you go down the line, you look at each player, and you you appreciate all the things you've learned from them. Rob, it looked like you were thinking about something over there. Oh, uh, he said it right. Al, Al, I like how you compare Al to Gordon because they they're both like do as I do as I do type players, and the thing is they have the respect to do that for people to follow them, you know? So it's like, we know if we watch them, we're going to learn something. You know what I'm saying? So they know without them even telling us, we watching what they're doing. But Al, like he said, Al isn't, more, isn't on the uproar side of, of stuff. He, he, he the level-headed guy, you know? Um, you just watch him and you'll learn everything you need to learn, to be honest. What do we need to ask Al when he comes What's out? your best Al story? Yeah. What do we got to go after him with? Yeah, what should we You got him? more than I do. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I got to think on that one. <laughs> I have one. I talked to him post-game after Cleveland and the playoffs, and it was the first time Al beat LeBron James in the playoffs. And it was the most intense. I caught him in the, in the um, hallway afterwards, and it was the most intense I've ever seen him. I think I've seen that interview. That video, I think right? I've seen that interview. Yeah, I, I seen like, it. He was, yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> He was this, like still in it. Yeah, it yeah. Like he just come like, off the battlefield. He beat him in a series. Yeah. This probably just like I mean, when did he beat him in a series? Loud as he ever talked. Yes. He was, he was like, like, "We like, here." Slapping butts yeah. going down the hallway. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought no, he beat him in a series. It was the one game. Oh, it was game. Oh, he was like, "We here." I was about to say. I was about to say that's then we beat Bron with Kemba, and it was the first time ever being Bron. He was like 0 23 against LeBron. Kemba was the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I was about to say, so I can understand the excitement. Like, if you've yeah. never beaten somebody, yeah. like, I remember who I've never beaten. I've never beaten Harry in my life. Harry Giles, Giles back in the day. I had never beaten him. And we got our first win technically against him in Sacramento my rookie year. So, I mean, y'all won the same team, though. Not in high school. Oh, yeah. I beat Bam. I didn't beat him. He Harry. just had a different look in his eye, though. Al did. Yeah. Like, his tone and everything. Hype. Yeah, he was, he was. He was hype. Yeah, he was I've really hype. Like Gotta go hit play. YouTube after this. I will. Like he could have went back after the play type hype. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never seen that. Al, huge win. What are the emotions right now? It's big. It's big. A lot of people doubting us out there. 
thought we were finished. What made the difference tonight? Heart. We got heart. This team got heart. I know we got beat bad, but, you know, it's all about how you rebound, and we bounced back tonight. Take me through that final play. I saw you talking to Marcus right before the inbound. Good job, boy. Good job, boy. Good job. Get the screen for Avery. Avery knocked it down. It's a huge shot. And before that, Jonas hit a big one. Uh, guy stepped up. How much confidence does this give you guys going into game four? No, it's big. You know, we already had com- we already have confidence. And, uh, you know, it's just nice to get a win. Al, congratulations. Thank you. There you go. You're learning from the OG, from the, the godfather, from Mr. Reliable. We're going to have him in next, right after this commercial, presented by our proud partner, Cardless. Today's episode is presented by the Boston Celtics credit card powered by Cardless. You'll be eligible to earn a special sign-up bonus when you apply and are approved at cardless.com slash Celtics. Then redeem your points for cash back, game tickets, merch, and much more. Card issued by First Electronic Bank, member FDIC. Offers subject to credit approval. Visit cardless.com forward slash Celtics for more information, that's cardless.com forward slash Celtics. All right, welcome back, everyone. Make sure you rate, subscribe, download, and share after you listen. And now it is my pleasure to welcome in a first-time guest, Al Horford. Al, this this podcast did not exist the last time you were in Boston, so I guess first and foremost, thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you here. And secondly, just what's it been like to be back in Boston? I know you made it very clear to the public that you were happy to be back um, you weren't exactly happy to be gone, uh, but now that you are back, what's it been like over these first few months back playing for this organization? Yeah, so um, just being back here just feels good. You know, it, to me, it just feels right. Um, you know, I'm I'm comfortable, happy to be here. Um, you know, obviously, as a, as a team, you know, we've kind of had our ups and downs this year. It, it's um, it hasn't been easy finding, you know, that. Um, consistency that we want from our group and finding kind of that identity of who we want to be. So um, uh, I believe more recently we've been playing a little better. Um, and I'm in, you know, I want to see how these next 10 games go. But I do believe that we have an opportunity here. So, um, uh, you know, basketball wise, it's been up and down. But, um, but uh, just being here, you know, I'm just happy to, to be here. Yeah, I want to elaborate that on a little bit, just because obviously you spent a couple of years away. You went to a couple of different organizations and you spoke really highly of your time in Oklahoma City. But coming back here to this building with a lot of the same staff, obviously a new coaching staff, but some of the same people behind the scenes. What, what is it? What is different about being here in Boston and playing for this organization as compared to maybe some of the other places that you've gone around the league? Yeah, uh, I mean, the biggest reason is kind of what attracted me here in the first place was the, you know, when I came the first time, it's just the the culture and the tradition here in Boston and what the Celtics mean to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's important. And they talk about it all the time. I mean, you, you probably hear it on social media. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I'm, honestly, I'm not very active, you know, on social, but the one thing I can tell you is that even on the street, I'm out, yeah. you know, you just feel it and you know that it's, it's different up here. You know, it's different. It means something. And uh, as you get older and as you start understanding, you know, you talk about legacy and things that you want to do and things like that. You want to be in a place where it's meaningful, you know, where you can bring, you know, joy, you can bring happiness to to a certain part. 
and and I find that that here that you know people care and mm-hmm. you know if you know if you're not doing well they'll let you know and 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 that's okay you know and if you are doing well you know everybody's rallying behind you and everything so uh, it, it's just a special city it's a special place and that's what I like about it I, I like the the fact that you know there's a, a a real care and 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 it's it's almost like a way of life out here, yeah. you know, like hey, and not, not, not only year. in basketball, you know, you know it in other sports too, yeah. but you can relate with the Celtics. That's, that's Red Auerbeck's favorite quote, right? Playing for the Celtics isn't about basketball. It's a way of life. Yeah. The passion is a constant. A lot has changed though, since the last time you were here. I mean, Mark mentioned it from the coaching staff, but how have you changed Al since you left? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, really, um, you know, I, I really grateful, you know, for, you know, just obviously being here again, having an opportunity um, to, with this team, see what we can do, see what we can be um, and, and, and just kind of build and go from there. But um, also just looking at just the, 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 the landscape of the NBA, how, you know, how much the game is changing. Cause even now it's continuing to change and, um, you know, obviously this time around for me, it's almost different the way that I'm playing now, the way that, the way that we're doing things. You get as, to spend more time uh, at the four. Um, right? As a team, yeah, <laughs> being at the four, being in, in different positions that I mm-hmm. haven't really been before. And, and, um, and it's, it's, it's something that, that it's, a, it's a nice challenge for me, and it's something that I'm really, you know, taking it in stride. Um, but, uh, but more than anything, I'm just really, you know, just really grateful to have an opportunity because I feel like, you know, once, you know, we're, you know, if we continue to do things the right way, you know, guys are, you know, we're training, we're preparing, we're feel, I feel like everything is, we're doing everything the right way. I feel like things will turn, you know, for our group. We do want to focus in on you as a leader as well. What are some of the lessons you learned from the first time you were here that you brought into this experience and that you're doing differently? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, when I came in, you know, with the, with the first time, it was probably more, um, uh, probably uh, trying to get a feel of everything, you know, mm-hmm. observing, trying to learn things like that. When I get to come back now, um, I, I know what to expect. I know how, you know, how our fan base is. I know, you know, how to talk to, to a lot of the guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But like, you know, just talk to a lot of the guys in the locker room. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of, you know, the, the main guys here. So like I have that report with them already. And, and, um, but those guys are also in a different position because, you know, now they're, they're viewed different. They have more responsibilities, different things like that. So for me, it's just having that balance of, um, you know, be more vocal with them, but also not getting to the point that, uh, you know, they're almost shutting me out, right? Like there's that always that balance uh, as, as a leader. You always, you know, at least for me, like I always like to listen, you know, a lot more and 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 try to input uh, my advice wherever I see kind of fit. So, but this time around, like before you kind of have to get to know a person and, you know, before you can actually talk to them and say things. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of these guys now, like if I have to say something to them, I can just go straight up, talk to them, tell them how it is move on and you know those types of things so uh that, that's i think that's been the biggest difference and we just had rob and grant on on the episode to talk about your leadership style and how vocal you have been this season and rob confirmed that you are more vocal now than you were maybe that first time around i'm curious from your perspective 
how much more vocal are you? And and if that's the case, why? Why why now at this time of your career back here in Boston, are you kind of speaking up a little bit more than maybe you did when you were leading purely by example, maybe with a little bit of voc- vocal side um, during that first stint? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you know it was a different team. Uh, uh, you know, we had different type of pieces. We had. Um, you know, more veterans. Uh, it, it was just different. Now I feel like, you know, with, with the group that we have and with a guy like Rob, um, you know, he's coming up so fast. Like there's so much that he can learn. And um, and he's doing a great job. And obviously the coaches are, you know, on him and talking with him and stuff. But uh, I'm also there to not overwhelm him, but to kind of have his back, to kind of pick my spots to talk to him. And and to some of the other guys as well. But, like, now it's easier for me, uh, like I said, because I have kind of some history with them and just my experience in general. You know, I'm at the point that I'm there playing with the guys. We're, I'm feeling the game mm-hmm. with them. We're doing things together. So we, you know, there's, like, that sense of, you know, I can relate because I know what's going on and um, and I'm just being more outspoken about it than, you know, in the past I probably would have, um, you know, not not set some things and just kind of just kind of let things go. Yeah. Rob, it's interesting to talk to him. I'm sure Abby feels the same way about spending time with you because we all know how rocky his career got off to a rocky start. You know, he he missed the press conference. He missed the flight, missed the first practice. But he talked about when he first got here, seeing the way that you went about your day to day really impacted him. He's, he didn't necessarily remember like sitting down with you and picking your brain about it. But he more said that he kind of just sat back and observed and watched the way that you're meticulous with what you do every single day in your routine. Um, What do you try to rub off onto young guys when you're around them in terms of taking care of your body, doing what you need to do off the court to be ready to do what you need to do on the court and those types of lessons that you've learned throughout your career? Yeah, it's it's about being professional. Uh, I think the biggest thing it's about you know learning how to be professional, um, and showing the guys that you know we're fortunate enough to play basketball. But with that comes responsibility, and comes a way to doing things the the right way. And um, and the one thing I've been impressed with this year is with Rob's commitment to doing things uh, the right way and being very professional. And um, and it's, you know, the, the treatment, the lifting, the taking care of his body, um, just the the extra work uh, on the court. Like he he has it all put together mm-hmm. and you can see it because it's translated very well. Also, he what I've seen from him from the beginning of the season till now is just his ability to continue to learn and make adjustments and show them on the fly and and that's just very impressive because a lot of guys you know it it may take a while it may not click and he has the 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 ability he's so smart he just has the ability to just pick things up and really really start making progress so that that's what's really blown my mind with rob and from like you said from his rookie year till now it's a huge difference Mm -hmm. he's much more mature he gets it he's there to pick his teammates up he's there to have the guys back just like he's like the the perfect team. He's like the kind of teammate you want to have. Like he, he's that that you know he's that great of a teammate. It's been fun to watch yeah. the leap that Grant has made. Also this season has been pretty incredible. 
He mentioned he met you when he was eight years old, when you were a rookie with the Hawks. Do you remember that at all? I don't. I, I, I don't remember. He. <laughs> Why he, would you remember Grant when he so, was eight? So he, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we had so many people, you know, come in <laughs> yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. But I do, uh, he, he recalled, like, he kind of laid the whole picture out the for scene? me. And then I was like, the okay, I mean, maybe. But, did it. But did I, it. I really he shows didn't, you the picture. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I really didn't remember. But, yeah, the impressive thing about Grant is that he um, – he really put in the time this summer and you can see it in his mm -hmm. game. He's really put in the time to work on himself, on his shooting, uh, just doing what, what he can do best for a group, you know, not trying to do too much, not trying to do other stuff, being solid and his shooting, you know, has improved dramatically. And it's because I really feel like he's put in the time and, you know, now he's seeing the benefits. Now he's playing consistently. He's getting those, you know, those minutes, and uh, so it's been also, you know, impressive to see, you know, his growth in, in such a short period of time. He told us he's picked up a few tricks of the trade just from watching. He wouldn't you. tell us though what they yeah, were. Yeah, he wouldn't give us what they mm -hmm. were. Uh, but how long did it take you to develop those and to figure out the like when to cut in the when to cut in a game and a and a play and a, when to pop what you see out there on the court? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's it, it's weird because with basketball, like. You know, there's plays that they call and there's certain places that you need to be and things like that. But there's also the times where you just kind of – it's almost like kind of like feel the game. React, right? Feel the game, just move, try to figure out, try to find a place. And um, and But also I think the coaches do a good job, you know, showing us film and 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 showing us examples of, you know, when we can – cut from the weak side and, and try to get a layup, when to circle around or when to give somebody an outlet uh, for a shot and things like that. So, um, you know, taking notes from that and, and translating it to the game. And once you're in the game and you're seeing it, you're in that position and you're like, oh, you know, I know what to do. So it's, it's about studying the game as well. You have to be able to study the game and look at it and make adjustments. Both of these guys, when they sat here and talked with us, they they both said, for you and your leadership style and like your influence on young guys, it's not necessarily about what you say, because you, you're saying more this year, but you didn't used to say a lot, but it's more about what you do. And that kind of goes back to what Rob was talking about that first day that he saw you going through your routine. Where did that come from? Um, like, how did that first develop in your basketball career? Was that in high school or before that or in college? Like, when did you get into that, um, you know, not necessarily what you say, but what you do type of lifestyle and leadership? Yeah, so um, I think definitely uh, was in college. Um, you know, I was, you know, fortunate to to have, uh, you know, Billy Donovan as, as a head coach. And then um, uh, the the guys that I came in to Florida, It's it's been, you know, talked about a little bit, but, you know, Joakim Noah, uh, Corey Brewer, Torian Green, um, those guys uh, really challenged me um, as far as being committed to uh, being disciplined, doing the right things, on, and on top of Coach Donovan, you know, being the way that he was. And I felt like that's when it started for me. And, um, and when I got to the NBA, um, you know, I was able to see, um, you know, some, some players doing things a certain way right away. And um, it's almost one of those things like when you're when you're a kid and your parents tell you like, hey, you know, copy the good things and, you know, the bad <laughs> things kind of toss to the side yeah. type thing. And like yeah. I, 
I did that. Like, you know, I came to the NBA and I was like, oh, Joe Johnson. Like, oh, that guy's working really hard. Like, you know, like he's doing this. He's eating. He's taking care of himself the right way. He's lifting. He's doing all this stuff. Maybe another guy, well, maybe, you know, probably not going to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like stuff like that. So like really trying to put myself in the best position to be successful. But I, I was really lucky to have, you know, Joe Johnson as a bet. Uh, Mike Bibby helped me a lot on the court. Later on, Kyle Korver came in and for me was a big influence, you know, um, because, you know, at the time I, when he came into the team setting, I recently just got married and he was just married as well. So like, you know, he was like somebody that I saw as a family man and how he carried himself and how he went about things. So, um, so I was very lucky to have, you know, really good influences around me, good, good leaders that probably didn't, didn't talk a lot or said stuff, but just led by example. You know, and I think to your point, it's like, you know, guys see the work. The guys see that, you know, you're not doing stuff just when the cameras are on or when the coaches are around. Like, you know, there's a routine. You're doing things with a purpose and and you're trying to do the best, you know, to help your team. What's the correlation? I'm just really curious about this. Like, what's what's the correlation that you've seen during your time in the league of the people who did what you did as a youngster and kind of taking all that information in like Rob did with you and really using it. Um, what's the correlation of that to success versus maybe some of the guys that you might've seen that came into the league and didn't soak all that information in and adapt it to, to their lifestyles? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big difference. Uh, honestly. I mean, I think it, it's, it's the difference between whether you're going to make it or not. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, there's very few, you know, Jason Tatum's. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's very few guys that can, they just have the ability that you know that they're probably going to be here regardless. Mm -hmm. But Jason's another guy that I saw come in and, you know, he was learning, he was watching, very disciplined, carried himself, taking care of his body, doing the things they needed to do. And you've been able to see the progression and the results, you know, from a guy like him. But, you know, unfortunately, there's a, a lot of other guys that, you know, think that they make it and they don't quite understand how to navigate and take care of themselves and do all those little things and be, be professionals. Because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's like just being, you know, doing doing your job, yeah. being professional. But it takes more than just playing, you know, when when it's when the lights come on, like there's a whole lot of things that you have to do beforehand. So I, I noticed that the guys that are able to figure it out do that and then some of the guys that don't quite make it years later I talk to them and it's kind of like yeah I wish I would have hmm. I wish I could have but you know in the NBA the window is it's very short and if you don't it's only you so know, many if jobs, you're not right? able to do it you know you have that next wave coming coming through hmm. Al a bunch of those vets that you mentioned aren't necessarily guys I would consider quiet Joakim Noah very boisterous <laughs> and <laughs> mm -hmm. outspoken yeah. how have you grown as a vocal leader, like realizing what has that growth process been like for you? Realizing when you can't speak up, when you need to speak up, because it's it's not something that necessarily comes natural to you, right? Yeah, no, it's it's true. It doesn't come natural to me. Um, last year when I was in OKC, Coach Dagnall, um, in exit meetings, uh, one of the things that he said to me was like, hey, just to let you know, one of the things that I, you know, that I recommend for you is to you know, to, to speak up because you, you know, you're, you're a veteran people, you know, understand that you want to win, that you want to play the right way. And, and you get a lot of respect. You may not 
feel like you want to say things a lot of the times, but he just get, gave me some advice about yeah. making sure that I was more vocal, that I spoke up. And, and how many and, years in? Um, well, that was but, last year. That was my yeah. 14th year. So, I mean, and I is felt that like the I first was, time you ever had a coach say that to you? Um, like in an exit meeting setting? No, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, with, when, with, with Brad, with coach, with, with Brad was here, like we, we would talk about stuff like that. And, and I did it some, but, um, I guess his point, he was telling me that I could do it so much more. Okay. You know, that, that was the difference. Cause I, I I've had, you know, Brad and I talked about it in the yeah. past and, um, and I tried to, but like, you know, there's times that, you know, for me, it's like, I know there's so much going on in the game. And a lot of the times, like you, the way that I see it is you really have to be able to pick your spots. Like there's guys that I guess can constantly be talking and it's Great. fine. But I feel like <laughs> when you're constantly talking to somebody, it's kind of like, it can be yeah. almost draining at times. So it's like, man, you know, do your job. And if I really, really see something, then, you know, I'm going to, you know, call you out. And it's about how you call the person out because mm -hmm. people may think like, oh, he doesn't say much maybe to the group, but individually, I will pull guys aside and I will talk to guys. You know, there's, you have to know who you, you're dealing with. Like mm -hmm. there are certain guys that you can talk to in front of a group and they can take the message, be okay. Some guys don't respond that, that well to that. So it's just kind of knowing that balance. How do you describe the dynamic when it comes to the role of a leader in an NBA locker room? Because I feel like it is something that um, there is a hierarchy to it. And it's also a dynamic where it kind of changes and ebbs and flows. And, and how do you find your role within that larger group and picture? So I believe that there's the more leaders that you have in your locker room, the more successful you're going to be as a team. Um, I don't I don't believe in the in the one leader and the one person that that's everybody's going to follow along and it has to be the example. I believe if you have multiple guys that can go out, be professional, do what they need to do and hold each other accountable when you have that and you have the more you have of those, the more special I believe you can be um, as a group. So, you know, when I look at, at, at an NBA locker room, that's kind of what I see. You know, the more leaders that you have, the the better that your team's going to be. You because you have more people that can hold each other accountable and more people that are going to be professional and I'm going to do things the right way. You, you said a minute ago about knowing which guys you can kind of talk to in public and in front of the whole team versus which guys you need to kind of pull aside and talk to individually and address them in a certain way. When I hear you say that, it sounds like a coach. What do you think about the future is coaching in is that something that you'd be interested in because i mean literally as you're talking i'm like that sounds to me like a coach in the way that he knows how to address certain people in certain ways and that's important for a coaching staff to know coaching is tough coaching is hard i mean yeah. I, I know you guys have been around you know coaches and stuff the grind is like, real but the, but the grind is real um uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a family man, you know, and, 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 and you know, and there is a big time commitment to it. You know, uh, it's something that, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really considered it, mm -hmm. um, to be honest. Um, you know, I'd have to, to wait and see, I, I don't, you know, I want to be with my family. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've, you know, it's it, traveling, it's hard, especially your kids start getting older, like mm -hmm. all this stuff and, you know, being able to spend more time with my wife and things like that. So, um, 
it's not in my cards, I would say, but I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you never know, but, but yeah, that's, you know, uh, it's, it's hard. Coaching is hard. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot that goes with it. Deal, you know, the players and, you know, the expectations and, and the media and like all this stuff and all the traveling and everything. It's, the it's media is the worst part. You got to deal with it, us every day, it, multiple it, times every day. I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but do you think, and there is so much talk in the, the, buzzword of being a leader and leadership do you think that the we the media but also i mean outside make too much of that conversation and that role um of the leadership i mean i mean i guess i could understand you know i I guess uh i honestly don't read uh, so i i I, i'm probably the wrong guy to ask some of this stuff because i just don't um you know you don't get into uh, all the noise i I just don't like i i just don't but all i can say is the answer that i gave you it's like the more leaders that you have in your locker room i feel like the you know the better chance and and the more successful you're going to be and you don't have to be the the talking type like to be a leader right like you can you know lead by example and you can do your job and you can do things the right way and do things for the team that's being a leader. Like, you know, um, there, there's different types of them. And, and you know, as long as you care for the team and you're trying to do things the right way, that's that's all you can ask for. Before we let you go, I just want to ask you, at this stage of your career and you know, hearing what we've told you that Rob and Grant talked about and the impact that you've made on them, the influence that you've had on them, same thing with a lot of the guys in OKC have said that this season about, oh, man, when Al was around last year, he changed the way I think about things and do things. When you hear that from young guys who are starting to make and find their niche within the league like Rob and Grant, how does that make you feel that you played a role in helping them to get to where they're going and where they are? Well, obviously, it makes me feel good. Um, you know, I just feel like uh, it's a part of the game. Um, you know, this is the NBA is a brotherhood. It's a big, big brotherhood. And um, and you know, just how guys kind of paved the way for me, you know, I, I hope that I'm able to help other guys in any way that I can to, to help them. And, and they know that they have a responsibility, you know, as they continue to grow in the league when younger guys come in and be a good example and, and try to help them as well. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot going on in the NBA, you know, you're trying to figure things out, you're growing up as a man, things like that. So, um, I, I just think that if, you know, w- whether it's talking to them, leading by example, whatever it is, just doing your part to help, you know, the next the next group of guys. I wanted to tell you that Rob Williams, over the summer, I had asked him a question, but also mentioned just the rave review that you had given him. And the look of pride on his face was so obvious. And it was really cool to see that clearly how much respect he had for you and, and how much that meant to him to hear you talk about him like that. And so I think it's um, certainly your message is being heard. Yeah. Awesome. And that's why they call you Mr. Reliable. These are three <laughs> nicknames that came out. Mr. Reliable, the OG, and then the Godfather that stuck around since Billy Donovan gave that to you. <laughs> What's your reaction to those? It's funny, man. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, all three are really funny. Um, uh, Apply? Applicable? I think so. I think you could say that. I think all three are. How did the funny. Godfather one come about? Because we don't. Do you so, actually have like an angry streak somewhere when stuff uh, needs to be taken care of? Um, 
I can. I can. No question about it. I can. I mean, this it's you know like you know there's a lot of passion in basketball and things like that. A lot of the times I try to you know stay level headed as much as I can, but no question about it. But I think that with Donovan, I think when when he told me at least when Coach Donovan told me about it was like he just um, you know just talked about uh, uh, you know he said something like about like you know when I would talk like everybody would listen, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. And I think that's was kind of what he was referring to. And I probably in college, again, I didn't talk much, but you know, when something needed to be addressed, something needed to be said, I feel like guys knew that I had the best, the team's best interest at, at heart. Mm-hmm. And you feel that when you're, you know, when you're out there, you know, at the end of the day, like who are the guys, like, what do you care about? And my old, old my goal is always to win. Like, that's what I care about. Well, you said that you can feel it while you're out on the court. There's no question. We can feel it when we talk to the other players about the impact that you've had on them. So thanks for coming on the podcast, View from the Rafters, and and thank you for being the leader um, and the influencer that you've been on, on so many young guys who've come through the league, including some of the guys you're playing with this year. You're really putting them on the right track. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to View from the Rafters, behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by Cardless. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.